What is up, my friends, my people? This is the Get After It podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Griffin. Stoked to be with you all. I'm joining you from the Nashville International Airport right now as I uh, get ready to board my flight, headed back to San Diego. What an amazing last couple days um, at a business gathering. My first one in person here since COVID. It was impeccable. So many amazing people met. So many just dynamic relationships and content and just the things that we went over were uh, key and it's I'm I'm stoked for it, but I'm stoked for you guys because of our guest today. Um, she took the time, which I was just I, I'm I'm so I'm really I'm really just thankful and appreciative and grateful uh, for her taking the time to do this. We uh, we stepped out after the conference ended yesterday. Uh, we stepped out on the balcony, the terrace of the conference, um, and we we recorded this podcast. So the audio quality is. Probably actually not that bad, to be frank. I listened to it. It's not that bad, but it's definitely we uh, we recorded it open air, uh, no professional podcasting microphones. This is definitely not what you should turn to as your example podcast, but the content is so phenomenal. Our guest is Extina Harmsworth. I I absolutely love Extina. I you know I met her at a well I didn't really meet her. I I first interacted with her at a virtual conference a few months ago over the summer. And Extina is a social media coach and CEO at XMHBeauty.com. XMHBeauty.com, Extina's story, and she's going to go into it, she built a $1 million revenue cosmetics company with zero paid advertisements using intellectual property. She's leveraged her way to be able to create now a coaching program, which she's done now six figures in just the first few months after launching it. She's doing so many incredible things, and her background is just exquisite. I, I She was stoked to speak to this audience and our younger audience and people who are looking to get after it, and she's someone who is getting after it, and I'm stoked to bring to the podcast today. So without further ado, I'm going to get on my flight. I'm going to leave this to you all. It's about a 27, 28-minute interview. I really would be super curious to hear what you guys think. And remember, like, rate, review, subscribe, share this with somebody. This might be someone that you need to share this podcast with uh, who needs it. This is a really exciting one. Without further ado, let's hit the intro. This is Extina Harmsworth on the Get After It podcast. This is the Get After It podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Extina, so excited to be with you and taking the time to do this. So we are, to give our audience an idea of where we're at, we just wrapped up a two-day event really a two-and-a-half-day event, and we're on the balcony of the hotel, and you're volunteering 15 minutes of your time to speak to our audience, which I want to thank you for in advance. It's honestly my pleasure. Like, I'm so excited to talk to your audience, and guys, if you are new to the podcast or you've been watching it or listening for a long time now, I just want to say you've got a treasure trove here in Aaron. He is so heavily invested in his own personal development. I'm going to tell you, he's at a conference right now with other leaders who are killing the game. Career-wise, social media-wise, we've got people in the room that are like young 20s all the way up into like seasoned entrepreneurs, and Aaron is in the midst. So he's bringing some power. Watch, listen for the next couple weeks. He's going to be bringing the heat. But I'm Extina Harmsworth. I'm here with him out on the balcony, and we're here to just chat about what we got going at this bomb conference. I absolutely love that and I really appreciate that. Can you would you mind giving a giving our audience almost a 
I, I joked before, like the Reader's Digest version yep. of where you started before your business. Where did you, you know, you, you, you were on a panel for this conference and you taught, you spoke about how you've been heavily invested for, in coaching for yes. seven years. Yes. Take us back to the beginning of the journey and catch us up to where you're at now so people can really understand how amazing of a person you are. Thank you. And where we're at and how they can learn from you. Let's let's hear the story. Okay, guys. So I really want to channel what was going on when I was in about your age bracket. I'm mid-30s right now um, and have been in the game for a hot second, but I didn't find a coach or a mentor until I was 28. And if I could literally go back to the person that I was when I was like 18, 20, 23, if I could only go find myself and shake my shoulders and like be like, hey girl, you're the younger version of me. Here's what the freak you need to do. It would have been go and find a coach. So 18-ish, um, I got my start in the beauty industry. I got licensed in a trade school. So that meant like I was licensed to do hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm not college educated. So we're going to have to end the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Right. Oh. Guys, I just blew all my credibility. Um, but I actually, I got started working in salons and quickly, you know, got promoted to running the salons, like being the actual manager of different locations and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I learned business by doing business. Like I had a boss that walked me through like the accounting practices and like ordering and inventory and all these things that I probably should have learned in business school, but I learned them like in person. Can I ask you a quick question yeah, on that? Yeah, go for it. So you have this opportunity to grow within that business yeah. super fast. Yeah. Somebody's in that position today where they're in a starting position and a role. How much of it is your mindset and your attitude and the way that you approach it and how much of it was the position you were in, like the company, the business, the person who gave you the opportunity to learn that. How can somebody take advantage of that? Okay, so I was eager. Okay. I think that's something that's, it's not in everybody. It can be bred in circumstance. Mm -hmm. But I was 18, my mom had sold her house, and she was like, go figure out what you're gonna do, and I had no money. So I was like eager. And I got this job in a salon, I almost got fired the first week, and so I was desperate. Like I was showing up like hungry, desperate. What can I do? I was looking for things to do so they didn't cut my hours. And in that, I noticed that there was a gap. The girl who was supposed to be doing management wasn't doing it because she didn't have time. And I just raised my hand and volunteered. And the pay grade matched up to that. I showed up with the effort. My boss was like, do you want to learn how to do all the things that this other girl doesn't have time for? And I was like, yes, sign me up. (laughs) So it started there. Yeah. My father always says money follows and never leads. Right. And it was like for me. My, oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> well, it was like my first business, which yeah. was painting. Yeah. My first job. We lo- I'll never forget this. We lost. It was $500. The job was like $900. Severely underbid. Just a disaster. And I don't think I ended up making a profit until probably six weeks in. Hey. And think about how many people would have. Well, and I watched people give up in that time range yep. and sticking with it turned a lot of that stuff around because I think you have to go through that low. So so catch us up to where you're at today. You've done Perfect. so much in 2020 and, and I actually I actually met you on a virtual event a yes. couple months ago 
and you it was like a mic drop you had a phenomenal presentation <laughs> Let, let's go into just the recent stuff what's going on with you and motherhood is recent for you this yep. is so exciting this reader's digest version of your story just turned into probably about an eight or ten minute thing but let, okay. let's go into this what's, what are you up to today so we went I went from this working in a salon thing to I eventually became a celebrity makeup artist had like 75 high profile clients yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah, I noticed this gap in the industry that there were women who wanted to look and feel like what they saw on the cover of a magazine and they thought that it wasn't attainable and here I am I'm like no I can show you how to do that so my husband and I launched um, a cosmetic line we went the e-commerce route um, we did over a million in sales organically with a cosmetics line that nobody knew about wow how honestly referrals based showing up online every effing day live video content in Facebook groups. Mm, gold. Now, you mentioned you've been you've invested in coaching. Yes. One thing I always spoke with my, my clients on, and also my when I at students when I was working with the student painters, you cannot have you can't be coachable without consistency, right? Because yes. there's nothing to coach if I can't come Ooh. in and actually look Ooh. at what's going on, like right? Woo! Woo! Say it again. So when was it that, I guess for you, when was it that you really felt like that you two hit your stride with that first business? Was there a struggle at first with showing up? It was a struggle bus. I'm going to just be really blunt. I was in the salon industry for so many years, Mm -hmm. and my identity was makeup artist. So when you do something over and over and over again, your identity becomes, I'm a student. I'm a retail person. Mm. I'm a painter. And then when this this inner awakening happens, when you decide like entrepreneurship is gonna be for me, like this is it, I, I cannot work for someone else, I cannot have my schedule run by someone else, I must create my own schedule, reality, yeah. income bracket. Like, this thing I'm doing is never going to put me in that income bracket. And when that awakens inside of you, it's like, okay, you are, like, looking, begging, searching for someone to coach you. Mm. Like, I'm probably going to go off on a tangent here, but that was the vibe when my husband and I found our coach. It became very apparent to me that I didn't have to have all these notches in my belt. I didn't have to have all these certifications. I had to show up consistently in my power and help other people. Mm. And so those first few years, it was a rough road because we didn't know what we were doing in business and we had a coach, but it was mostly on relationship and soft skills, not strategy. So in the more recent years when we've been more successful and crossed those thresholds that were like so challenging at first, it was because we started getting strategy and mindset coaching. Can I ask you about that, the soft skills and relationship side of it? Do you think you, was that was that the right investment or, or not even so much was it the right? Did you learn more on your soft skills? And when we say soft skills, we're talking about communication, yes. body language, more of the, the actual, um, if you've ever walked into a room for our audience, if you've ever walked into a room and somebody captures the room, has yes. that kind of body language, that ca- that's what we're talking about in a soft skill, yep. right? Did you learn more about that through doing it, making those mistakes and actually the experience wise? Oh. Or was it the coaching <laughs> that came in? Okay, so this is kind of a mixed bag. So right. I would go to these coaching events every six weeks 
fly all over the country and mm. go get coached live in person. Okay. And because of that relationship and that group of people in the room, a lot of them became my clients. So my coach's clients then became my beauty clients, and she would know if I effed it up. Right. And so there was this double portion of like, you better get this right, because A, I'm, I'm flying across the country, I'm paying to get coached, I'm learning all these things about how to speak to people and have some finesse mm. and close the freaking deal. Right. And if her clients had a bad experience with me, they would go tell my coach, <laughs> and so I would get spanked live in person in front of a studio audience of a thousand people oh wow so there was just there was both and there was the getting the information hearing my coach do it and then having to go practice it with her high-level clients like extra pressure do not drop the ball or you die and that was the secret <laughs> so last question on this and actually just to follow up on yeah. it where what do you, where do you what do you do for your clients today? Who do you work with? Who do you serve on that end? Amazing. So last year I transitioned from the whole makeup space, the cosmetic space, helping women with their confidence and visibility online because to me that's their first step. So many girls won't even turn the live button on because they're in comparison lands, mm. like compare and despair. Of course. They're like someone else is doing it better than me. I'm gonna look dumb. Right. But if you can face that and just click on the camera and go serve your people, you're in it to win it. So that was like my vibe last year. And one of my coaches who really shifted my perspective, she was like, you've done so amazingly. I mean, what your brand has done in the cosmetic space is it's kind of an anomaly what you did organically. Why don't you coach other people with personal or luxury brands and help them to build their personal brand online organic and I was like I didn't know I could do that so that's why I'm jamming lately um, I love to work one-to-one -one and in groups with women entrepreneurs specifically mm. who are just getting into that space of like no I must run my show I must create my own income bracket I must be able to work from anywhere in my phone and I just need the strategy and the mindset to go ace it do you mind me asking how the income changed in making that transition where you were at maybe 18 months, two years ago to where your business is today? So income change, we're on track. This is the cool thing. Or really revenue, excuse me. Yeah. No, this, yes. is, yeah. this is the cool thing. And this, mm -hmm. I think your audience needs to, to really hear this if you're getting into business. You must know your profit margins. Mm. So whereas... In recent years, we could have made $300,000 selling cosmetics. The profit margin on a physical product is lower than a consulting service. Mm -hmm. Whereas you may sell a product, you paid 50 cents for it, your client buys it for a dollar, you're left with 50 cents plus your overhead of your right. office and your staff, etc. With consulting, it's very different. IP is a game changer. So with IP, you could have up to a 90% profit margin. So you might have made $300,000 and instead of giving away 260 mm. for overhead and fees and storage and mm. deliver, you know, all these things and staffing with your IP and your coaching, it's a very different story. You could pull in 300 and get to keep 260. So it's how it's have, different. How have you personally changed in the last two years since moving into the consulting role? You mentioned something specific on stage that I thought was really cool where it was someone said, you know, why, why aren't you coaching? 
and you said, I don't want to deal with the mindset side of these people. I mean, I am really yeah. great at what I do, but I don't want to deal with the people. And you were sitting, of course, this great ecosystem that you're in and the coaching you have access to said, well, why don't you hire that out? Why don't you bring in yes. somebody to do mindset coaching? And you guys yes. have been dramatically successful. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I'm a huge fan of collabs. Mm. Like collaboration over competition any day. Pick people that have the same values, passion, interest, energy level, like similar vision. And when you collaborate with other people, A, you release the workload off of you because now there's a team effort. However, you're mm. both bringing such significant gifts to the team that you can help people in such a huge way. Like last year, I was coaching on social media strategy for organic growing mm. brands. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're human. So whereas I wanted to jump on and jam with my clients on their strategy, like, hey, are you doing the things? And they would come to the call with tears in their eyes because, you know, Susie down the block gave them hate on their post. Mm. And it was a mindset issue. So when I was able to collaborate with a mindset coach, my cousin Katie, we're doing it together. She helps to deal with my clients when they have a mindset block and I'm able to come in with the strategy. Oh, that's great. So if you suck at something, just find somebody to collab with, you know? I have a couple questions on your business, but I, I really want to actually hit one question on specifically for our, for the audience that we have, which is college students anywhere to yes. second or third year in their in their just getting started in their careers if you're working a nine to five you're out of school you have probably debts to pay off and all this stuff and you're you you i would i would feel like most of the of our listeners are figuring out how to get off that hamster wheel and figure out what it is that they want to get into and where they're at it's a generic question but what is the first step what do you think is the most important thing that they can do to get started today or this week or this year with two one two months left in 2020 what can they do to jumpstart that so maybe they're not quitting their job overnight or maybe even not in the next 12 months but you're putting yourself on track to doing that and potentially working for yourself if you were back in that age demographic what are some of the things or maybe groups you would shout out i'm just curious what your thoughts are on that in general man i'm i want to go in four different directions i know your podcast is like not an hour long so i'm like uh pick the best pick the best pick the best can I give you one strategy and one mindset? Absolutely. Okay. Let's go strategy second because the mindset is okay. what we need to deal with first. If, mm. you, if you're recently out of college, first couple years of career, you're in the hamster wheel, you're looking for meaning, you're like working and you get off of work and like want to go have beers and just relax because you're like, what is my life even? Mm. I believe that every single one of us, we come here to this existence, we have a message. We have something we are supposed to say to the world. Mm. And I think if you block that or you don't do it, that's where unhappiness comes in. Mm. And most of us, we are so acclimated to and used to our giftings that we can't even see them. They're legitimately like right underneath your nose and you cannot see what you are great at what people would love you for, as Mel Power said this weekend. Yeah. Um, you have no idea what maybe your IP is. Your followers know IP. Intellectual property. You got it. Yeah. So there's so many people that I meet and they have these amazing IP pieces. What's your way of doing what you're amazing at? And that's a sellable product, but most of us are not even in touch with what we're good at. 
Right. So from ooh, sounds like a fire truck. This is raw. Yeah, dude. This it's is raw. as raw as it gets. Rooftop baby. <laughs> Rooftop in Nash Vegas. And so you're so when we talk about a mindset, this is something that when I used to do trainings for our student painters and our young entrepreneurs that would come out of school, the first thing we would have to address is the limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves. And you know, I I have this quote it's like I, I think about it like this, you know, it's like we are the limitations that we think of are created by our own imaginations. Yep. Right? How did you break through some of the limitations that you have? What are some strategies that somebody could implement yeah. in their life to break through those limiting beliefs? So I knew what I was passionate about, and it was the thing that was like right underneath my nose that I was good at, and that's always been the health and beauty and women empowerment space. And so strategy-wise, when you ask the people around you if you're not certain, like, hey, what do you think I'm great at? Like, how come you like being around me? What am I good at in your opinion? And let the people that love you the most, not the a-holes in your life, but the people that love you the most, tell you what they get from you. It can often be like a huge snowball for Mm. you to like roll off of. And in that, that's where I would start with your organic posting. Right. Talk about the topics that you, they light you up. They light up the people around you. People want to hear more from you on these things. It helps people when you get in your vibe and in your energy about them and start there. So I think this is a message that anyone listening to this can take from it and essentially apply it to when you're looking to potentially serve an audience or whatever it would be, whatever it is that you think that you your superpower is that you would want to leverage, start with the people in your existing network. Yeah. What are the challenges that people come to you with? What yes. do you notice that? What are the things that come up repeatedly? And 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 it's not about a business. It's actually about what is the solution? Because a solution, people will pay top dollar to solve problems, yes. right? I want to ask you about scaling your business. Specifically, um, how many team members do you guys have now? We have, I believe, five on deck right now. My husband is the co-founder, so technically that's six. Mm. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so, Thank you. With, with starting, your, we, we had a conversation yesterday, or we had a group conversation about firing and how uncomfortable that oh is. Oh, my God. And, nobody wants to. Oh, well, and I want to ask you about this because I had, in my first experience with letting somebody go, well, not my first. I had, unfortunately, many experiences. And working with painting teams, it's like we're training often people from scratch. They don't have experience. So we are... We are starting people from the get-go and trying to figure it out from there. And I, I remember just in that first year, I'll never forget, it was like I, I remember being so bad at firing. And I noticed that it was because whenever somebody had an, a poor experience, a reaction rather, to me letting them go, it was – and I don't know if I remember this or realized this in the moment or if it was after, but it was a failure of my communication action. Uh. Right? <laughs> And, and what I mean by that was before leading up to the firing, there is some kind of failure of communicating expectations yes. and also a follow-up on, hey, you're falling behind. You're yep. not hitting what we expect from this position. Yes. And that needs to be corrected where I went in green and said, hey, you know, you need, we, I'm, I'm going to let you go. What do you mean you need to let me go? I thought I was doing great. Well, all of a sudden now, how do you respond to that? You're in an awful situation as an entrepreneur, which are great. We need to go through those awful situations to learn and grow. I want to ask you, though, about letting somebody go. How, what was that challenge like, and what do you try to instill in terms of your team? What are some of the values you try to build on? Because I know that you're 
five people is phenomenal, but eventually it's going to be 50 people. It's going to be growing from there. How do you see yourself scaling your business and what do you try to do to develop leaders in your business specifically? So this is such an interesting question. Like firing in the past, I've learned now that what you said is completely accurate. If I don't tell the team member up front during onboarding, hey, this is exactly what we see for mm-hmm. you, and get their buy-in on it, we have a recipe for disaster. Because I think as entrepreneurs, and those of you who are like hustle gang, like Aaron and myself, like you you have this internal drive, this, this hustle, this, this ownership over things that's unnatural to most people. Mm. And so... You may bring people onto your team that just don't have that ownership piece yet. They don't have that drive yet. It can be built into people, but a lot of people don't have it. And so famously, I have seen people's potential. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, I can see this this person doing X, Y, Z. But in reality, their skill set is not there yet. Mm. And if I don't find ways to shore up the gap and make sure that they get the training pieces that they need, I'm Mm. setting them up for failure. I'm setting them up to fail me. Wow. And so we've been a lot more careful, especially since coming into this type of training that we're attending this weekend, to actually really get people's buy-in and have a very clearly communicated standard of this is what you were hired for. And for me, the worst places are checkpoints. Like I hate having the meeting of saying like, okay, this is where you're supposed to be. Let's yeah. talk about it. Like that, that's cringe fest worthy for me. Like as a CEO, I still hate it, but it's what you gotta do. You've been so generous with your time. And I have one more question for you. It's so fun. We've, and we've been doing, we've been at this training for 48 hours now. Yeah. I assume both of us haven't gotten much sleep. Your daughter Sloan is with us. I Yay. mean, this is like, we, and she's 11 months yeah. old. Good memory. I, I, want to thank you for the time you've given us already because that's just it's awesome and i know this is packed with value you've worked with some incredible celebrity (laughs) clients from elon okay elon musk is the person i think of but i know there's many more i want to ask you in being around kind of the the presence we talk about soft skills but almost the the um the energy that's given off by somebody of that caliber. What have you learned from working with people at that caliber that maybe is not that different from where normal people are like you and I, or maybe we're a little like, okay, maybe we're, maybe we're not that normal, but (laughs) we're definitely actually not that normal. But, but, but but how do you, I guess that'd be my question is what is the, what are the differentiating factors that you notice immediately? Okay, so, dude, I'm like, I'm so women's empowerment. I'm so women's empowerment. I hate the word subordinate, but I'm going to talk about it right now because it hit me a different way in this training today. Mm. Okay. So I was trained by celebrity makeup artists in Hollywood and their crystal clear communication to me was... There's a massive budget on the line when you are dealing with someone like this. It's millions of dollars. If you make them late, if you ruin their day, if you spill their coffee, if you kill their vibe. Wow. You're the last person to physically touch this high profile human before they have to get on camera and on stage to give the biggest talk of their life. Because that's what that day is for them. It's career making or career breaking. And we as makeup artists are the last people to touch them. No pressure. So you better bring the effing energy, <laughs> all the good vibes. 
And when, when I stepped into that role, it was always, how can I be at the top level of service for this amazing human and subordinate my own needs? So for those two hours that I'm with that client, if I have to pee, it doesn't matter. Mm. If something is crazy and like demanding my attention, my mother-in-law is calling, whatever, that wouldn't have even happened back then, but it wouldn't have even entered my mind. My full Mm. commitment was to that human in that moment and really nothing's changed. So the clients were always like cool as a cucumber. They were bomb. They were amazing individuals. I never had a bad story with a celebrity. They were always amazing. Mm. But I think it was because as humanity, we go first. So I set the stage by having crystal clear expectations about I'm here, I'm relaxed, I'm calm, I'm here to serve, I'm here to help. What can I get you? How can I make this experience amazing? And when you touch someone physically with your hands with that energy, it translates. So clients would literally fall asleep in my chair, just chill out, and then go on completely refreshed. They're like, that that was like better than sleeping eight hours, but it was the energy. The energy, wow. And that's how you treat your clients today. If you've got a, if you've got a, a consultation, if you've got a call, a project that you're working on for someone, in that moment, you're there for them. Your needs are subordinate. Oh, I love that. Mm. So no matter how bomb and empowered and like huge you are, amazing at what you do, when you're there with a client, your needs are subordinate. Oh, fantastic. I know I said that was my last question. Here's my last question okay. to you. Let's go. You're 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 back in your shoe, you're 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 in eighteen year old yep. extended shoes. What's the one piece of advice? Going back to all of it in twenty twenty, you're starting from scratch. What is the one thing that you need to keep with yourself? Can I give you two? Yeah. You can give me three. But two's fine. Date them. Date them for two years before you marry them. (laughs) That's number one. (laughs) Number one. If I was talking to my 18-year-old self, I would say date them for at least two years before you say yes to the ring, girl. That's number one. Number two, find a coach. Boom. Mic drop. We've got like a crowd forming here on the patio. We want to, I want to, I want to thank, um, but I want to thank Extina for, for jumping on here with us. Yeah. And, um, this is the get after a podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Griffin. Thank you guys so much for joining in here. How can they get a hold of you? Really? How can they follow your journey and where you're at? Sure. So we're XMH beauty official on Instagram. So it's expert makeup headquarters official. Mm. XMH Beauty Official on Instagram and I'm most active on my Facebook so Extina Harmsworth hit me up friend request me I'm here for it she's awesome on Facebook I'll make sure to get that link in the bio and thank you so much for doing this Aaron it's been a pleasure you guys we love you thank you so fun all right so we had quite a bit of fun there at the end of it we had a little bit of a crowd surrounding the uh the the recording at the end of it it was it was kind of hilarious i think there were some people there waiting to talk to extina and uh we definitely went a little over on our time again huge thanks to her um i had a meet i had a chance to spend time with her and her husband brad who co-run their company and it was just a fascinating experience and uh, i i can't thank them both enough for doing this one thanks so much for listening to this episode of the get after podcast again remember to rate give us a review Uh, Share this with somebody who's going to be impacted by it and make sure to stay tuned. We have so many more cool interviews to come. Fascinating people, fascinating ideas. This is the Get After a Podcast for action takers, young professionals, and high performers.